honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You don't have a business until someone's ready to pay you for it. So like go sell something. You don't need a website and business cards and a sell sheet and a year long plan and funding and all of that other stuff. Yep. People honestly come to me and they're like, well, I've been thinking about this for two years and I have all of this together. And I'm like, you're ready. Yeah. Go sell something because until someone's going to buy it, all of that prep work is for nothing. Yep. Right. I mean, I got my first clients with like well, one writing sample. Wow. from yeah. a job that I had and was like, hey, you know, I think I can do this for you. Let's give it a shot. Nice. Um, yeah. So just go. I mean, that's what we were talking about before. Just go do it. Yeah. I think it's the most important thing. All right. So you're crushing it. You're killing it. What is, what's been the biggest struggle thus far building your company? I would say hiring the right people and keeping clients. We, as a young company, we have the tendency to want to hire people that are young and train them. I always had this philosophy that I wanted to hire people that didn't have like a previous experience in my industry so that I could teach them to do what I want them to do, which is maybe not the best policy at the end of the day. Um, so now we hire people that have a little bit more experience but are really like amazing at learning quickly and getting up to speed and just, hire. they always say hire, hire fast or hire slow and fire fast, right? And so yeah. I've been like a fast hire, like, oh no, we really need someone because I'm doing all this work and then we hire someone and then it just like doesn't go very well. So now I'd say, <laughs> no offense, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Now, now we're keeping employees longer. We're keeping clients longer and it's been I don't know, just easier. How are you finding those people? Oh God. It's, it's so funny because you post on job boards and you get 1 million yep. applications and then you never hire any of those people. So yep. it's really a game of like, who do you know? Right. Like putting it out on social, reaching out to professionals that you trust and saying, who do you know that you can refer people to us? So we've hired very few people from job boards. Most like my now second in command, um, I knew because she worked for the sister company of my old job and I actually reached out to her manager who I knew while she was still working there and asked her about her which probably could have gotten her fired yeah uh, but it worked out she was not happy with me but now she's been with me for like three years nice yeah yeah why are you uncomfortable on video I don't know why you talk to people all the time you go to meetings all the time what what is different about talking to a camera man I don't know it's like this whole setup there's a bunch of people I feel like I can be comfortable <laughs> in like any situation I can talk to anyone I can go to a networking event and walk up to anyone and then you get a camera in front of me and I'm like hello and my voice changes as you noted which I'm trying not to do so let's see if it goes to this point in regards to your LinkedIn growth, you've made how many videos now? Two. Two videos that have done amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's been absolutely incredible. I think this last one got like nearly 50,000 views. Oh my gosh. My inbox is very full. It's cool, it's awesome. All, But it's, 
what I didn't expect is all these like women and professionals reaching out saying like I really relate to this and I needed to hear this and I'd love to hear more on this and just like you know it's just something that I wasn't expecting to happen right away what have you been talking about in those videos well the first one was hello I'm gonna make some videos I got some texts from my friends like why do you have 400 likes on a video that says I'm gonna make some videos and I'm like I, I don't know it's awesome though. and then the second one was just about being aggressive and being yourself as a woman and a lot of people have come to me and said like I think you mean assertive I think you mean straightforward and I'm like no I actually mean aggressive because I've been called aggressive my entire career and I want to take it and own it and like make that term mine and make it something that's positive for me walk me through that like why why are people calling you aggressive why was that a problem why was that an issue for you in the past how have you owned that yeah um i mean i've always been like this like since i was younger it's so funny i was thinking about this earlier like just i was on the cheerleading squad and they kind of loved me and also kind of hated me because i was so opinionated i was bossing <laughs> everyone around i was telling you know and so it's like i was kind of I don't want to say I was born this way, but I, it's just very natural to me. And it's a problem when you're young and maybe you don't know everything you think you know. And then you're like putting your opinions out there and it, it rubs people the wrong way. Um, I've had that problem, honestly, my entire professional career. But it's not really a problem anymore because now that trait has made me successful. And it makes people respect me now, which is very different. So... How is, how is that aggression like with the team like how have you been able to like draw that line between friendship and I'm your boss within your team because we have a team you know it's, yeah. it's, it's weird drawing that line I've seen yeah. roommates with this dude you guys seem a little more like uh, friendy uh, it's, yeah. well like two years ago though my team would be like out playing ping pong outside my office and like I was never invited and I was like oh man like I'm used to having work friends, yeah. you know, like I always did until five years ago. And so I've tried to just like bond with them a little bit more. Um, I would say the line is blurry. I don't know. Um, but it's good. I mean, we have a very relaxed atmosphere. Everyone dresses how they want. They say what they want. Everyone's very, you know, like we encourage everyone to just be very straightforward while keeping it positive. Like we have signs all over, keep it above the line. You know, like if you can own it and if something negative happens and you can take the ownership and you can make it something positive, then do that. But also be real about the situation. So I don't know. They still call me their boss. I think they respect me-ish mostly. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Dude. Yeah. That is rad. And you're killing it. And you're like, you're an awesome leader. Like I watched your video I also recorded your video but you talked about the struggle that you went through recently your client was acquired can you walk me through that yeah so we work with startups um, that get funding in different ways and it's interesting because when you work with startups you kind of have to know that sometimes they're gonna get acquired or if they're owned by a private equity firm then they're gonna get rolled into another firm or they're whatever so mm -hmm. We knew that that might happen, but we just didn't know it was going to happen so soon. And it was our biggest client by like double Jeez, our next wow. client. Yeah, it was big. Um, we brought them on and we put like all of our resources into the client and they were with us for a little over a year. But we just, you know, we didn't see it coming. They were acquired by another private equity firm and you don't know about those deals until they happen. Like yeah. even their leadership doesn't know about the deals until wow. they happen. So, yeah, it was a surprise, and I did not want to let anyone go. Like, we had a really good team, and it was just like, what can I do to get it back? But it took 
four or five clients to make back the monthly revenue that we were getting from that Gosh. one client. What did you do? You just paid your team out of pocket, out of like, see, like really? Yeah, and I hustled and tried to sell. And it's so funny because at the end of the quarter last year, or at the end of Q4, I was like, oh no, like we're not getting anything out of this. Cause you know, like we're on the holidays, no one buys anything. They're like out shopping and doing stuff with their families. Yeah. And then in Q1, we got like nine clients wow. because I had worked so hard through the end of Q3 and through Q4 to get those. So like it all ended up working out thankfully. And now we're in a better position than we ever have been. But honestly, I was like ready to shut the doors, you know, like I can't even, can't even wow. do this anymore at the end of last year. Is yeah. that the first time that's ever happened to you? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's a lot easier. Before I had a team, it was easier, right? Because when it's just me, like, I can go get a bartending job or do whatever to survive. Um, but once you have a team and, like, people who count on you to, like, put food on their table, it's a totally different scenario. So when it was just me, I mean, yeah, it's a huge roller coaster, um, especially when you're a solopreneur and you're, like, doing all the selling and then you do all the servicing. And then you wake up and then you don't have any clients anymore and you're like, oh no, and then you have to do the selling. So like it's a total roller coaster. But it's insane. Yeah. How long did it take you to go from solopreneur to full out entrepreneur? <clears throat> I think I started hiring employees two years in. In regards to being a woman in Milwaukee and a business owner, let alone, what's what's been the biggest um, not even a, a struggle? Yeah. And in your case I would say one there are struggles but two there's a ton of opportunities because this dog like just <laughs> almost hit me in the face all right so there are struggles but there are also opportunities I'll cover the struggles first um, in the software world that we work in it's all pretty much all guys mm -hmm. the women that work or that the women clients that we work for are employees mm -hmm. of the men who own the companies Wow. And that's just kind of how it is. Mm -hmm. And this actually, we have a prospect that we're hopefully about to sign who's like this total kick-ass lady boss who's like out fundraising. And I think she'll be our first like outright owner. Wow. Of, uh, yeah. And so it's that's just like, uh, yeah, she's wow. in Milwaukee. She's super cool. That's awesome. I won't say her name yet, <laughs> but I hope, I hope to work with her. So I think it's a balance of like men are kind of taught to like, negotiate aggressively and to ask for what they want and we have to go back and do that back to them you yeah. know and like be comfortable with that and that can be a challenge I would say in growing the business but mm -hmm. it's not a challenge for me anymore yeah. um, I think it takes people aback a little bit yeah. but I am lucky I think that I was taught to be a little bit more aggressive so I can play in that world and then I'd say there are tons of opportunities too like yeah. there are not a lot of women entrepreneurs in Milwaukee that do stuff like this or mm -hmm. that will go and like speak at events or be on panels and stuff like that so I yeah. get asked a lot because people are terrified of doing it you know yeah. as I was a few years ago and so I've had tons of opportunities that's awesome so, yeah that's awesome yeah you mentioned speaking and getting in front of people um, Q mentioned you have a rather large event coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking at Partner Day at the Inbound Conference. Nice. The HubSpot Conference, which is, they reached out to me like, hey, uh, so it's their, I think their third employee, Dan Tyre, who is like this 
sales trainer and just like a total he's amazing he's mm -hmm. taught like probably half of hubspot how to sell wow. um, he runs all of their boot camps and i took this boot camp with him and he's a total like you get in his boot camp and he's like ah energy he's crazy and i was yeah. like who is this guy like <laughs> uh, like i don't know if i can do this Aggressive. and he, he i know he was like i asked you to speak with me because if you're like self-deprecating deadpan like you know we will compliment each other so yeah. i'm yeah great yes speak, speak with him because i'm so sarcastic um, nice. but it's cool like i'm super excited we just had a call today and we're planning out what we're going to talk about we're basically talking teaching other agencies how to grow their agencies by selling so awesome. the boot camp that he took or that i took of his was a cold calling boot camp which I just took like a few months ago. Wow. Yeah, it was hard, man. You would make like 180 calls in seven, six to seven weeks. Oh, and gosh. like, I haven't done that in a long time. So I was picking up the phone, but I want to know how to train my team how to do it. Right. You know, so like if I have someone calling for me, I need to know how to manage them and what to tell them to say. I can't just guess mm -hmm. like, oh, this might work. Good luck. Yeah, like, exactly. That's not how it works. So. Yeah, I made the calls and it was hard. Yeah. yeah. I actually started my career cold calling at G Healthcare. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Calling, nice. calling doctors in <laughs> New York City. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That must have been tough. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> but then honestly, I after a while they had other projects to do and I was like, Sweet. raised my hand, can I not do this anymore? Yeah. And so like... That was my limited experience in doing it. And other than that, we've grown by referral. So gosh, yeah. what's the biggest thing that you took out of that boot camp? Man, I, you just have you have to do the work. Yeah. And I think that's people's biggest problem is that they don't. You can't when you meet a challenge, if you don't push yourself over it or through it, no one else is going to do it for you. Right. Right. And so, like, if I say I have to make 20 calls today, you have to actually pick up the phone and make the calls, not find something else that's more important, yep. not have a client emergency, not have some employee stuff that you have to deal with. Like, you have to prioritize it and do the work. Yep. That's the biggest thing. And it's so funny because even in those boot camps, half the people show up and they haven't done the work. Oh. Like, oh, yeah, I'll make the calls later. Or I made a few calls to. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I remember when I was with the Bucks, we had, um, I mean, it was, they asked for 80 calls a day, but if you yes. wanted to be, yeah, if you wanted to be seen, literally you had to make over a hundred calls a day. Like everybody was making the 80, but if you wanted to be noticed, unnoticed by the boss who also had 50 other employees, you had to be top of the list. Yeah. And like, I remember one day I was like, you know what? took my Adderall that day and I said <laughs> I'm gonna see how many calls I can make today and I literally made 214 Stop 214 it. calls literally left voicemails for probably 60% of them and at the end of the day my boss at the time came up to me and said so what did making 214 calls do for you in sales and I was like honestly I couldn't tell you I don't know. Um, but <laughs> it was a ride <laughs> probably the best time I had with the books that 214 calls everybody Everybody got a call report at the end of the day. Yeah. So I had people like the director of ticket sales, like the VP of ticket sales coming up to me and like, hey, good job on your calls today. What I like uh, the most with working with Q is like, he's not afraid in a sales pitch or anything to, he, a lot of people that I've dealt with don't like um, that long pause. Yeah. And that long pause I've noticed in sales meetings are a good thing. That means a client's thinking, that means the client's thinking about different ways to work together. And maybe sometimes it's like, all right, I'm I'm bored with you guys. Uh, yeah, but you more, tell. more, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can tell if they're actually engaged or not. Um, if they keep talking after that, that's what uh, that's when you know you got them on the hook. 
But so. also, like, make them uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, it's totally fine making... I mean, you know how to do that, clearly. <laughs> Look at where we are, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, like, giving people that pause or, like, when you're talking about money, yep. you know, like, not throwing out the number first and making them give you the number first, even yep. if you have to wait in silence to do it. One exactly. of my, like, first bosses ever told me that, and I was like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this, but... I don't know. It works. Yeah. You know, it works. It's a good negotiation tactic. Like, uh, you've mentioned all these people, boss, HubSpot guy. Yeah. Who's, who have been some people that have really set you in the path that you're on now? My really business coach yeah. is amazing. She, everyone's always like, what's like, why do you work with a business coach? A lot of people think they don't need a business coach. Honestly. So she is actually my dad's fiance's best friend weird small walkie thing yeah Yeah. and they were like hey we're gonna introduce you to this business coach and i was like i don't need a coach you know like me i'm cocky i was like i got this i'm totally fine (laughs) um and i met her and she was like walking me through all of the different like pieces of curriculum that she would do with me and the and i and she gives you like this like 13 page list of different checklists of the parts of your business that you should have together Mm -hmm. and i was like no 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 like i didn't have any of it done like for financials it was like if i can make payroll looks good you know like i wasn't projecting anything Mm -hmm. i didn't have any clue really what's going on so the benefit of her is she makes me do all the stuff i wouldn't do otherwise and like i'm the kind of person who won't show up unless it's done so even if it's like midnight the night before coaching, I'm still gonna get done. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like yeah. we, have, we have coaches our entire lives, like yeah. athletics, teachers, college professors, and then all of a sudden you're in the business world and then there's that negative connotation. Yeah. But totally, I dig that. Yeah, dig that. she's definitely, I like, I can attribute so much of the growth of our business to working with her. Um, I'm in this women's entrepreneurs group and she just came and spoke to everyone and they're all like, well, you know, like what's the benefit and what's the ROI? And I was like, like, I can't, I can't give you numbers, but I am positive that she has grown my business. I didn't have any employees when I started working with her. Yeah. Wow. None. That's yeah. nuts. Did I you know. say everyone needs a business coach? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like whenever there's something that I don't know how to handle, I text her. Uh, the last time I was about to fire an employee, I literally second-guessed it, parked outside, missed the meeting, and was on the phone with her, like, tell me what to do. Like, I don't, you know, because she's been in business for a long time and she knows what to do. And she gave me great advice and it worked out. Question. Sure. Does everything, do you feel that everything happens for a reason or do humans, what is it? Does everything happen for a reason or do humans give reason to everything? What does that even mean? Do you feel that everything happens for a reason? Uh... Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not, I guess I don't think like that. Like, everything that happens, it depends what you do with it, you know? Because, like, if something happened and you saw it as a challenge and you broke down and weren't able to move forward, then that would be negative, you know? So, I don't don't know. I guess I don't think like that. It's a little, like, woo-woo for me. Yeah, what you put in. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that it's within, especially, I mean, I have a lot of privilege to be able to say, I believe it's all within my control, you know, because I have had this life where I got to go to college, got an MBA, have had like a really good support system. Like I know if my business goes down tomorrow, I can go move in with my mom and she'll probably baby me while I cry in her (laughs) guest room for a few months, you know, like, so it's easy for me to say that, but I feel like it's all within my control, you know. I agree. I think your I think your your work ethic should match your ambition. You're always going to get what you input. It might not be up front, 
Maybe you have to put in a lot of work, but it's always going to come back to you, for the most part, for the most part. So I would agree. Why, why are you in Milwaukee? I love this city. Why? There's so much that's undiscovered about this city. And like, you know, we've been getting a lot of press lately, like, mm -hmm. oh, Milwaukee is actually really cool. And we're like, we know, yeah. we've known this whole time. Um, it's, you get the like city feel, but people are also super down to earth here. Yep. Like I've made so many friends just in the last year. You can make good friends really fast here because people are willing to talk to you and willing to help you. And everyone has that mentality versus like, I love New York. I spent a lot of time in New York it's hard to care about people as much when you're there or to get to know people as right. quickly and as deeply. So, yeah, I mean, I'm planning on staying. I mean, plus I have a family and a business here, so. What is that like around. building a company and building a family at the same time? Well, I did not do it in a traditional way, which made it harder, I think. Mm. But, I mean, I had my first kid when I was 24, which is your age right could you imagine having a baby right now i can't i've got a dog yeah big responsibility yeah <laughs> my dog you take care of your dog <laughs> oh he's my baby yeah. every year i do okay oh uh, um, i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean i have your dog too <laughs> your last count. dog yeah anyway um yeah so i think that the reason i'm here though is because i had a kid that early like i think i would be still like living in corporate america like living for the weekends yeah because from the time that I was 24 to 30, that's what all my friends were doing, yeah. you know? And like, I'm not friends with a lot of those people anymore because I had a baby and I was sitting at home and they were like babies and I would have been the same way. Yeah. Honestly, I had one friend that had a child before I did and I used to boo him when he wouldn't come out with us. Like, yeah, savage, Always right? I know, savage. I know. And then as soon as I had a kid, I called him up and I was like, I apologize. Like, I'm a total dick. Yeah. Like, that's just not very nice. But honestly, like, I had to at home taking care of my baby and also it gave me the time to like start this and yeah. grow it and there's absolutely no way I would be here if I didn't have that. So did you always want to start the business or did did you start it just because of that? Did you realize you wanted to start it because of that or do you feel that you have to, entrepreneur has to come from like, I want to change the world, I want to do this? No, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was like a ladder climber and I was good at it too. You know, it's like, I can totally go into a company and like get promoted quickly and work hard and show them that I'm a rock star. And, mm -hmm. and I grew up that way too. You know, like my dad was like, go to college and get a good job and climb. And that's very much like the generation before us, that's yeah. their mentality, you know? And so that's what I thought I was going to do. But I guess I got fed up enough of doing that, that I decided to go out on my own and freelance, and I had no, I had no idea what I was doing. But no, it wasn't always a dream. Which all, I feel like all entrepreneurs are like, I've always been an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, I sold bracelets at the pool too. Yeah. But like, I don't know. What do you think the most essential skill for a graduating college student or someone and first entering the workforce is? The ability right. to figure it out. Yeah. Totally. So even. I was talking to someone on my team today and she's like, when you get these random emails, like, how do you know what to do with them? And I was like, well, I read the email <laughs> and I figure out what part I can Google yeah. and then I go and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like I, you can't, everything you learn in college doesn't exactly translate to the business world. Yep. Like you learn the foundations and you learn how to like work hard and make good decisions and prioritize your time and stuff like that. Yep. But you don't learn how to just go and like figure out what you do every day because that's half of being a professional, right? Exactly. So yeah, I think that's definitely the most important. And we look for that in hiring. Like, are you smart enough to just come here and 
figure it out. Yeah. Like we train very thoroughly. We give them all the resources, but then it's like swim, baby. Like, yeah. You got to go, you know? Oh, I love that. I love your mindset. I love that. Like you see something, you do it. And I think that's something that I took away from you when I was working from you. Like done is better than perfect. Um, what is, what is something like, what makes you a misfit? What about you goes against the grain? Cause I think you are like doing is like, there's nothing special about doing things, yeah. but people don't do shit. Yeah. And you are. Yeah. I would say I always boil things down to like the simplest next step. And then I go and take that step instead of planning, which some people hate where, cause I'll move without a solid plan and I'll like figure it out as I go. And some, and some of our clients either are like, well, we need a plan first. And I'm like, we need to make you some money first. And then like, we'll figure out the rest of the plan. Yep. Right. So I would say that's very different. So what's next for you? What's, what are some big things that you've going on that you have going on? What, what are your ambitions? Yeah. I mean, I probably, I want to grow this agency and I want to make it self-sufficient. I'm kind of grooming a few people internally to not take over, but to do a lot of the day-to-day operations so I can figure out, I don't know what's next. I want to grow my network and I want to figure out like the next company or the next opportunity, but I haven't gotten that far yet. Right now I'm really in growing my own business. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm really excited about it. So obviously there's a lot of people jumping off the train right now in regards to uh, entrepreneurship, 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 yeah, Yeah. Um, and just kind of following their passion. Yeah. Um, You've done that and we've done that. What's one piece of advice that you would give somebody that was in Jackie's shoes five years ago? I would say you don't have a business until someone's ready to pay you for it. So like go sell something. You don't need a website and business cards and a sell sheet and a year long plan and funding and all of that other stuff. People honestly come to me and they're like, well, I've been thinking about this for two years and I have all of this together. And I'm like, you're ready. Yeah. Go sell something because until someone's going to buy it, all of that prep work is for nothing. Right. I mean, I got my first clients with like one writing sample. Wow. from yeah. a job that I had and was like, Hey, you know, I think I can do this for you. Let's give it a shot. Nice. Um, yeah. So just go, I mean, that's what we were talking about before. Just go do it. Yeah. I think it's the most important thing. Why do you think people aren't doing it? They're scared or they think they need more prep. I think there's this like kind of stigma out there, you know, that you have to do a certain amount of work or preparation, or you have to have this business, big business plan. Like, I mean, my business course caps or my business degree capstone was like a giant business plan because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. But it doesn't matter. I mean, go and sell the concept, I'd say duct tape it together yeah. and figure it out and sell it. I respect that. I agree. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. I thank appreciate you. appreciate you. I